loving the Xena. It's a clitoral and vibrating stimulator by Esmeralda SOS. This USB rechargeable Xena will never abandon you when you need her the most because she has enduring energy and 10 vibrational modes. You can choose from light, medium, or strong pattern vibrations to stimulate any mythical desire. It is also waterproof, so when your next adventure leads you underwater, the Xena doesn't have to stay on dry land. Strong and gentle, crafted from safe and durable silicone, the Xena is built for adventure while still being soft enough for pleasure. It is the perfect weapon for achieving climax. You can log on to Esmeralda.ca today to check it out and also get 15% off your total order with the code SEXPOSITIVE. I'm joined with the lovely Amanda Blair. Amanda, can you introduce yourself to our guests? Hi, yes, I'm Amanda Blair. I'm a relationship and manifestation coach for TV Magnetic, and I focus more specifically um, within relationships on attachment theory. And what I mean by relationship coach is I am someone who really works with uh, clients on their relationship to self because that is where everything else stems from. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. It's beautiful. My two favorite things, manifesting and relationships in one. So like I was saying, so excited to have you on. How did you get into this line of work? Yeah. um, First of all, so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, I got into this work really organically. I met Lacey Wow. Almost seven years ago. It'll be seven years in January, which is crazy when I think about that. And back then she had literally just started doing um, manifestation coaching. And I was one of her very first clients. And I had been on like the path of self-discovery a couple years before and just hadn't really found a lot of traction within that and was really searching and was also really suffering um, when I found her and she really changed my life. And she gave me these tools that we now have in To Be Magnetic um, via our workshops and RDIs. And they really, for the first time, gave me real results. And I had never experienced that before. So it was because of that and the, you know, the power of that and what that had on me and how I saw my life changing. I've always been interested in therapy and psychology and neuroscience and relationships and attachment theory. So it just um, very organically stemmed from like, I want to be able to give someone what she gave me. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's why I started doing it. Beautiful. I'm so jealous you were a client of Lacey's. If I talk about Too Big Magnetic on the show, but if people haven't checked that out, I'm going to link everything in the show notes because it's so beautiful. It's so different than just traditional law of attraction that well, yeah, us... it's, we're a neural manifestation brand. So mm-hmm. we focus on really looking at your subconscious through neural programming, um, which is our DIs, our deep imaginings that we use, which is a hypnosis. And it helps you get down into the subconscious to understand what programming is down there and how to quite literally change that programming on the neural level so that you're putting in new neural pathways. Um, and that is where then you're going to see the change in like your behavior and what you're calling in and all of that good stuff. 
Sure. It's so powerful because it's not just pretend to be happy and affirm I'm happy all the time and nothing is changing. It's really getting down to the root where you'll see the most results. That's really where it matters. So it's, it's so powerful. So going right into it, going into relationships, I know you said that you focus on relationship to self. I think a lot of times people can focus on getting the partner or how to date, how to send the right text. Can you explain why the relationship to self is the most crucial to start? Right. Well, I will clarify that, that I, relationships are, I do work on people with their relationships. So whether that mm-hmm. is someone who wants to get into a relationship, someone who wants to deepen their relationship they're in, someone who wants to get out of a relationship, or someone who just wants to work on their relationship to self, um, I do that all. But why the relationship to self matters is because relationships are just a mirror. So they are simply mirroring to you what is going on inside of you, how you feel about yourself, your wounding, your patterns. And so if we are not looking at that and really working on what we don't feel is working for us, we're not going to get anywhere, right? We, no external thing is going to give us what we want. That is an internal process. And so I like to really help empower people and especially women to understand that so that they can find that fulfillment and peace inside. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, when they find that inside, that will be reflected in the external Mm -hmm. for them. For sure. Absolutely. On your website, it says, tired of dating the wrong people, ready to stop settling for less than you deserve. Where do you think most people go wrong? Let's start there. Um, I mean, I would say the majority of my clients, I don't want to say the word wrong because that implies there's a right, right? But where I see a lot of suffering is they are dating the unavailable partner. Mm-hmm. Okay. So whether that shows up in in someone actually saying to them, like, I'm not looking for something serious and they are and they're pursuing that person anyway, or that person is in a relationship and they're pursuing them on the side of that relationship, you know, or, you know, it could be, it could be so many iterations of that, but I would say a majority of my clients, that is really what they're experiencing. Can you speak to more of the emotional unavailability? Cause I think at least in my personal experience that, uh, showed up as people that were clearly not interested, but I kept pursuing them. Can you talk a little bit more about the mental, emotional, and energetic feeling of what emotional unavailability could look like? Uh, Yeah. I mean, it's what I just said, right? So it's someone who is quite literally saying I'm unavailable, right? I'm not looking for what you're looking for. Um, Or someone who's in a relationship um, or someone who isn't saying that they don't want a relationship, but isn't showing up in a way that is showing you that they do, right? So they might be saying one thing like, oh, I'm so into you, but Mm. they, you know, break plans, they, you know, cancel last minute, they don't show up to things, you know, they don't want to talk to you about your feelings. If you try to, they shut you down, they gaslight you, like, all those sorts of behaviors are going to be someone who is not available. And there's more, right, of course, but those are just the ones that I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah, perhaps it's not feeling aligned with what our deeper desire is when we're seeking that in ourselves. I've also heard, though, from dating coaches and and things like that, that if you are looking or pursuing an emotionally unavailable partner, it is because you yourself are emotionally unavailable. Yeah, you are. Yeah. 
Well, so if it, we go to attachment styles, right? Like you, when you're anxious, you have an anxious attachment, the conscious fear is of abandonment and the subconscious fear is of intimacy. So if you're in that attachment style and you're not doing the work to get out of that attachment style, yes, you are going to be unavailable because you on a deeper level fear real intimacy, right? So you're going to be pursuing people that are not available to that intimacy so that you don't have to face that fear. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, that will be subconscious though. So it won't be something that you're very aware of. And if you are avoidant, your conscious fear is of intimacy, but your subconscious fear is of abandonment. So there you go right there, (laughs) right? That means you're not going to be showing up to real intimacy or, you know, really pushing for that because both of those things will be very scary. Mm -hmm. I'd love to talk more about attachment styles and how they relate to relationships. Can you speak to disorganized and secure attachment as well? So disorganized attachment is um, anxious, avoidant, uh, or, you know, there's different fearful avoidant. There's different like terms for it, but it is a combination of both. It is really, it's not as common as the other two because it stems from um, abuse and neglect right? So it's coming from a more extreme and chaotic and very capital T trauma-filled childhood. So if anyone has experienced that, I'm very sorry, that definitely might be your attachment style. Um, The characteristics of that, you're going to have a very hard time self-regulating emotion. So you're going to be all over the place with emotion. You're going to find yourself in a lot of chaotic and sometimes dangerous situations, um, relationship and not, because that chaos is something that will feel quite comfortable for you. Um, Relationships in general will feel very difficult in order to to maintain um, because there's going to be a lot of fear and mistrust uh, from stemming from that trauma. And then a secure attachment is someone who in childhood, their caregivers attuned to them and consistently so that the child could trust that their needs would be met. So then they move into adulthood with that sense of trust. They trust intimacy, um, they trust themselves, and they also trust other people. So if someone breaks that trust, they also have no problem being like, okay, well, see you later. Like, I'm not interested, right? It'll be like you meet someone and they just, you know, you might, maybe you're in an unhealthy place and you treat them really poorly. And they just go, hey, I totally understand. And like, I hope we have the help you need, but like, I'm out. And you're like, wait, what? Like, you have a boundary? (laughs) That's so weird. Like, if someone did that to me, I would be like, cool, okay, I'll accept it. Right? Like, that will be that person, that secure attachment that's really able to hold a boundary for themselves um, and stick up for themselves and take very good care of themselves. Someone who really has a lot of self-love. Mm, beautiful that's the ultimate goal right (laughs) yes and just to say there is you know just because you have a certain attachment style from childhood does not mean you can't change that that is what our work is all about is our brain is plastic you can change it you can change the patterning you can change your attachment style and that is becoming earn secure so the work that I do with clients is helping them become earn secure Yeah, I totally agree. I talk a lot about disorganized attachment on my show because that's what I am. And I think sometimes a lot of people that listen to my show have an insecure attachment, as many of us do. What advice would you give? Because sometimes since it's so... Are you someone who comes from abuse? Yes. I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. Thank you. Thank you, love. I just just asked that because I can't tell you how many times someone is like, I'm disorganized. I'm like, "Mm, 
Yeah. No, you're not. <laughs> because yeah. they don't have the background in which that stems from, right? Sure. And they don't understand that. And just also to say, and then I'll let you ask your question. Um, but attachment styles aren't fixed, right? They are fluid and they're, it's not black and white. So someone who is avoidant is going to have a lot of anxiety. Mm -hmm. Right. So you will feel anxious in many situations. The difference is an avoidant will not show that hmm. someone who has more of an anxious, ambivalent um, attachment style will avoid things right out of fear for being abandoned. So, you know, if someone is starting to pull away, they'll immediately be like, I'm breaking up with you. Bye. And like break up with them. But then the very next day we'll show up back at the door. Please take me back. Please, please, please. And we'll like follow them everywhere. Right. Mm -hmm. Like there'll be that obsessiveness will kick in. So it will look differently in the, the way that you uh, predominantly show up, but you will still feel those emotions on both sides. So it is not like if you are anxious, you feel anxious that you're definitely an anxious attachment. And it's not that if you avoid someone's call, you're avoidant. So mm -hmm. just to know it's not that black and white. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that does not mean you are both is what I'm really trying to say. But if you are, you, you do come from abuse and you have neglect, then yes, that is the true disorganized attachment. Mm -hmm. For sure. Thank you for clarifying. I was going to ask you, how do we cope and deal with that? And sometimes it gets so frustrating, right? We just want to throw in the towel because it's so deeply yeah. programmed. What are some steps people can take to kind of challenge Honestly, that? you need to work with someone. Mm. Yeah, agreed. Like it's definitely thing like here's the thing getting into a secure relationship whether that's with someone else who had an insecure attachment is doing work to become insecure as are you or someone who is a secure attachment that is what the like psychologists say is the way to like get that like fully earned secure mark is being in a long-term secure relationship. That's really going to, because we co-regulate our nervous system with our partner. And so when we're doing that over time, that's really helping pull all of those woundings out and getting us into a more neutral and relaxed nervous system permanently. Mm -hmm. um, but there's a ton of work that we can do before that on our own to get us prepared for that kind of relationship. But you can't do that alone. You need to do that with the work of a therapist or a coach who has experience with working with someone um, with your attachment style. So mm -hmm. I encourage you to find a therapist or coach. I mean, you could like that better help is out there, right? Mm -hmm. Like with really affordable therapy, um, coaching, hello, me, hi, um, working, using our work, TBM and doing the neural reprogramming is fucking key. Any therapeutic thing that you are pursuing, it needs to be there needs to be work into the subconscious. So that could be EMDR. Somatic healing can be really powerful as well. Um, but that needs to be happening because that is where we're storing things also in the body. So the somatic healing is also good to work in so that the body is releasing, but you need to be, you need help. Mm -hmm. We are not little islands, right? We can't do this alone. So we need guidance through that process. Completely. Yeah. I don't know where I'd be without my coaches and therapists and Amen, even honey. combining them, like combining the work with the coach yeah. and the therapist, oh, yeah. hypnosis, EMDR, that's all that somatic healing is so powerful. It's so Absolutely. Powerful. <laughs> 100%. So when we talk about the manifestation process, how could we pair this work with manifesting? They go hand in hand, obviously, but mm -hmm. how do you see that from your perspective? Why is that important? Well, you know, uh, man, our manifestation model, our neural manifestation model is really all about helping you find your sense of self-worth, right? So it is 
having you realize that you already have all the self-worth that you need inside of you, right? You have the maximum amount. Everyone has the maximum amount. It cannot be added to. So nothing we do makes us more worthy, right? So that we don't need to earn it. So you having an amazing job, right? You having the perfect partner dating Harry Styles, like that doesn't make, I'm obsessed with Harry Styles right now. So I try to work him into every single conversation I have. Um, that doesn't make you more worthy. And anything that you think you quote unquote fail at or mistakes you make or, you know, however you think you're quote unquote messing up, that's not subtracting from your worth, right? It cannot be added to, it cannot be subtracted from. And so what our work, the TBM work is doing is really helping you understand that and getting to the point where you're in that place of like realizing your full worth, right? Mm -hmm. So when we say like standing in your full worth, that's, that's what we mean. We're not creating that. You already have it. We're just showing you it's there. And so if you're in that place of, real worth, that is how you're manifesting stuff. So it's that work is what is getting you into the place of like, oh yeah, of course I am worthy of this thing. Of course I deserve this thing. And that deservingness can also hit and trigger people, but mm -hmm. deservingness isn't heavy. It doesn't say I deserve this and other people don't, mm -hmm. right? Deserve, the true deservingness is very light. It's saying I like, I deserve to have what I want and I desire towards the highest good as does all of those around me, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not like a, well, me alone deserves this thing. Um, and, you know, we get to desire things and we get to want things and those are good and those are given to us for a reason. And we also get to really start calling those things in when we start doing that work on realizing that we have that full worth. And once we're in alignment with something, right, then it'll come in. So for example, if anyone's listening right now and you're like, well, I don't know, Write down on a piece of paper, you want to manifest a free cup of coffee or a free cup of tea, whatever you drink, um, free, you know, glass of wine. And then underneath that, right, what doubts do I have about getting something for free? And if there's any doubts, that's where some work can be done on unblocking that. And uh, doing expanding work and doing some reprogramming work, right? So there can be like, well, I'm not worthy of it, or I'm too stupid, or whatever that may come out of that. So do some reprogram work around that. But then watch that manifestation come in, right? And it's just when you switch those doubts around, and then you're like, oh no, like I'm worthy of buying, you know, having someone buy me a cup of coffee, and then I'll pay that forward and buy someone else a cup of coffee. That will help strengthen your trust in that process. And then that you just build from there but that's a really easy, accessible place to start. Yeah, I love the simple practical tools exercises. So thank you for showing that because it's crazy if you write down one thing that you aspire for, if you look at the fears underneath that, it's like crystal clear. It's why that hasn't come into existence yet because it's all about yes. deservingness and worthiness. And also, FYI, you don't have to just manifest things for free. Mm -hmm. You can manifest, like I manifested my apartment, right? I pay for this apartment. Um, but I manifested it coming to me what I wanted for the price that I wanted. Right. I live in a one bedroom in the middle of Williamsburg for 1600. Like that is unheard of. <laughs> so I manifested that in. So it's not just free things. Um, it's really anything mm. that you want. Really. What a different perspective too, though. Cause as a society, we are taught the opposite, that you're only worthy if you have the job, you're only deserving if you have the relationship. So this work is so like key because it's saying without all that external stuff, you are worthy just as you are. Yes. 
Well, it's what we're actually forcing you to do is to realize you already have all of your worth so that you are internally validating and not constantly seeking external validation because that is just leading you to suffering. And when you can start to internally validate, you will feel more peace and fulfillment. Yes. Inside. And then that will reflect in some external circumstances. Mm. What are some examples you can give of people seeking external gratification in relationships or dating? Uh, I think people staying inside of relationships that aren't working for them Mm. because it's a relationship. Um, People pursuing a partner who is unavailable, but they're hot Mm. or, you know, there's someone of importance. So, you know, Harry Styles, a good example. (laughs) Like if Harry Styles was acting like a total douchebag to you, but you're like, but it's Harry Styles. So I'm going to like keep going out with him anyway. That's trying to seek validation through relationship. Um, Those are what come to the top of my mind. Mm. And I'm curious, what is the energetic behind staying in relationships that are no longer fulfilling you? Well, that, you know, there's a layered answer to that because we have been sold for a really long time um, due to religion that, and I'm not against, well, I don't personally believe in religion, but, you know, to each their own. So I'm not like trying to take down religion here, but Mm -hmm. we have been really sold that there is one way to have a successful relationship. And that is marriage that ends in one person dying. And should that relationship end before that death, it's failure. And if it's not marriage, it's not good enough, right? So we have like kind of one really, and that's really been historically to heterosexual relationships. So it's been very narrow and very small and like a tiny little box that I don't think encompasses the depth of the human experience and the depth available in relationships. Um, I don't know about you, but I've seen some pretty terrible marriages. Um, And I'm really glad that those ended because they needed to. So I think people stay for a myriad of reasons, but I think that underlying what we have been programmed to believe culturally about marriage and relationship success is there. I think Mm -hmm. there can still be a lot of guilt and shame around a relationship ending. There can be a lot of guilt and shame around divorce. Um, And I think people stay longer than they want to because they think that they need to in order to be good, okay, successful, you know, not have people judge them, whatever it is. I think people stay out of fear um, because they're, they don't believe that there is someone else out there for them. So they need to stay with what they can get, right? Settling. Um, I think people stay because they like the comfort of having someone there and they're scared to be alone. Um, People can stay because they're financially being taken care of and they're scared to be on their own. Um, There can be so many reasons, but essentially, you know, the underneath is fear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And how do we reprogram that lack, that scarcity mentality? Because I think it's abundant. Well, I can't speak about that generally, right? Because that's like specific to every single person. So it would be working with the underneath of why, like, why am I staying? What's the fear? Breaking that down. Where does that come from? And then doing like all of the reprogramming work around that, doing the shadow work that's around that, really reclaiming your opinion and what you feel mattering more than what anyone else feels learning how to trust yourself above Mm. all fucking else um 
there's going to be so many layers within that that's going to be specific to every single person. But it's really understanding the why and where it comes from for you and then doing the work to reprogram it. I'm glad you brought up the word trusting yourself because I find that a lot of people lack that self-trust. If someone's in a situation where they're like, should I stay? Should I go? There's good, they're bad. How can they find some more clarity in that and trust themselves? I think making a list of like, why are you staying is really helpful and you know what is good in the relationship and what doesn't feel good to you and which one is bigger Mm. because if it's the what's good in the relationship is like far outweighs what doesn't feel good great stay and work on it Mm -hmm. um I think there's a lot to be said for working through things but if your partner isn't willing to be a partner right and shoulder half that weight with you and show up and like do the work, that doesn't seem like a great situation. I also think there can be two partners shouldering the weight, showing up, and the relationship relationship just, just can just come. Wow, that was really hard for me to get out. <laughs> the relationship can just come to a natural conclusion. And I think what we need to normalize is relationships ending. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. That a relationship can end and it's not a failure. That you were in that relationship for as long as it needed to go on and you grew together and you get to honor that and find that sacred. And the leaving can also be sacred and honor that, right? Like relationships can end. That's not bad. So I think, first of all, having that belief is like really important. Um, But it's really digging into like the why. Why? Well, if you want to leave and you're judging yourself, why? What are you, what are you judging yourself about? Where does that come from? Where did you pick up those beliefs? Where were you shamed for that? Where did you see other people shame for that? Because that's all going to be stuff that you need to then work on reprogramming a lot of that. Like if you're it's shame based it's shadow, and then you need to work on really integrating that shadow. Um, yeah. yeah. Thank you for that. I, I'd love for you to explain the shadow integration piece for people that have never heard of that. What do you mean by integrating your shadow? So so let's say like I had a shadow that I wasn't smart, that I was stupid Um, because I was often shamed for being stupid as a kid. I'm dyslexic and, you know, I'm really bad at math, just really bad. And even that is still a little bit of judgment, right? So Mm -hmm. uh, because I've been told over and over again, I'm really bad at math. So I had that um, shadow about being stupid. So when I started working on that, I was you know, taking it through our shadow workshop, which is doing a lot of DIs and doing reprogram, but like integrating is really about outing and owning that. So one of the things that I started doing is owning that I got into college on a technicality. Like I, they were not going to accept me because I got a D in, I think, chemistry and math. And they had accepted me before they got my report card. And then once they got it, they were like, rescinded that, but they didn't rescind it until I was in person doing a tour mm. and my college um, counselor was like, Oh honey, no, you're not in because you got a D and I was hysterical, obviously as anyone would be um, and was so upset. And she, because they had already sent me that. And I think someone had said, Oh, it doesn't matter if you get a D and they had that in documentation that that was a mistake on there. And so they honored and let me in, but it was like on that technicality. And then I had to like retake remedial chemistry and math, which was fine. Then I aced those because they were really easy by that point. But so I told 
anyone and everyone I could about that. So a big part of our shadow is outing and owning. So it's like outing and owning the things that you feel, you know, people are going to judge you for, be stupid for. So a lot of that for me was writing and putting my writing out there and letting there be grammar mistakes Mm -hmm. and not hiding because of that. And once I knew I'd integrated it is when that got, you know, someone tried to call me out for having a grammar mistake. So being stupid. Um, and it didn't affect me anymore. So years later, after I started doing that integration process, I had written, you know, Instagram post. And one of the comments that I got under it was, I would love to read more of your work, but there's so many grammatical errors that I can't. And I just laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed and just had a moment of like real appreciation for my work. So I was like, man, had this come at any point earlier, this would have fucking killed me. And I would have like never written anything again. I would have hidden in shame. And now I could care less. I was like, honey, yep. If you can't read it, bye. (laughs) Don't care. Mm -hmm. Don't care. Not my fucking problem. Right. I don't care. And that's how I knew it it was integrated because I was no longer worried about someone finding out that I made grammatical errors. I was like, yeah, I do. And that I can still get my point across. You still know what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. So no big deal. And I didn't feel I needed to prove Mm. my smartness. So if I didn't know something, I said, oh, I don't know what that is. And I ask, like, you know, ask questions, even if it's like, you know, the who was the 40 40th president. I have no idea who was it, right? Like, I don't know. So asking, you know, looking things up, being like, or saying, oh, I was wrong about that. Okay. Mm -hmm. And not having a big deal, right? I was on a podcast a couple, I had actually had COVID. So my brain was not working at its capacity, but the podcaster asked me like, who started um, attachment theory? I know that. And I was like, I don't know. I need to, I need to look that up. She asked me like when it was started. I also know that. And I was like, I need to look that up. Right. And I ended up making a mistake in what I even told her because I was, I had COVID, but it's like, fuck it. You make mistakes. It happens. Who cares? Right. Because I'd already integrated that shadow. I was able to get there. So that's how we really work on integrating shadow. Mm. And that's so helpful because I find that a lot of times it's, this extreme of either like having to conceal it in because you're so ashamed of your shadow or constantly trying to fix it and pretend it doesn't exist. So it's beautiful when you can meet in the middle and accept those things and learn to integrate them. Absolutely. Yeah. So cool. So thank you so much for touching on that. I want to kind of pivot a little bit so that we can end this on like a high note. If someone got out of the bad relationship or the unhealthy relationship that wasn't serving them. They're dating, they're trying to do the work, but they keep being tested. I want to talk about tests and how sometimes people can see them as a bad thing or frustrating, or this isn't working. How can we kind of see that as a good sign? Well, first of all, take away the word test if that feels triggering for you. Mm -hmm. People get really triggered by the the term test in and of itself. So what I rest in and of itself. So what I refer to it as is learning. Mm. So are you taking a learning, which would mean you're not passing the test, you're running into the fire, you're learning that lesson, or you already have that lesson and are you able to take it and move forward? Right. So for example, if you know this person had only been dating unavailable men. And she was needing to learn that lesson over and over again. And also like, hi, I had to learn that lesson over and over and over and over and over and over again. (laughs) Like, okay, that is unavailable. That does not work for me. Um, 
and they are like finally become aware that they've done the reprogramming and they are like, you know, they're making some progress. There is going to be a section of time where you are watching yourself do the things that you are trying to work out of. But that awareness is really huge. So to me, there's kind of like three steps. There's step one, we're kind of like, hmm, something might be up. I'm not sure. And I'm going to start to dig into it. And then step two, you're like, I have the awareness now, but I'm still doing the thing. Mm -hmm. So I'm just like watching myself run into this fire and that sucks. And then step three is I see my trigger, my pattern, the thing that I would want to do, but a new road is open to me and I'm going to take that other road. And the gap between step two and step three can be quite large. Mm -hmm. And that step two will frustrate a lot of people and make them feel really bad about themselves because they're still working through this idea of perfection, right? Yeah. A lot of those people had to perform when they were a kid, a lot of, and not like perform on stage, but perform for their caregivers to get the love and attention that they needed. So that may mean they needed to show up in a certain way. They needed to do certain things. They need to walk on eggshells around that person. So they go into life thinking, if I don't, if I'm not perfect, I'm going to be punished. Mm -hmm. Right. And they they fear this punishment, but that the universe isn't going to punish you. Nothing is coming as a punishment, mm -hmm. right? So if you are quote unquote getting tested, you're just, you need to learn a lesson. You're just learning so that you can move forward within that lesson and then you have it for your growth. So look at it another way. It's like you're walking on a trail, right? And there's snow up ahead and you don't have, you know, snowshoes or, or like those little ice shoe things, you know, <laughs> that like yep. cling to the ice, whatever the fuck they're called. <laughs> and so you're, there's going to be a little offshoot of that trail. That's going to give you those ice shoes to move forward. You fucking needed those ice shoes. So why would we judge you for getting those ice shoes? Right? Like mm. that was valuable. You needed that tool. Now you can move forward and you're going to move through that next phase stronger because of that lesson. So if we can really start to see that as we are not looking for perfection. We are only looking for progress. There is so much progress in every step of this process, and we have to start tuning into it. Mm, beautifully said. Do you find that tests are often a way that we can spot where our blocks are? Sure. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like if you are repeating a test, why? What's coming up? Um, that could be great if tests, you know, feel really difficult. Like why? What's going up? Yeah, absolutely. Mm, and I love in the work how they say a test isn't pass fail because that could be even more anxiety provoking. Oh no, I failed this test now. Right, that's why I say take a learning. You're taking a learning, or you already have the lesson in, so you can move forward. And there's, if you need to learn the lesson, even if it's a thousand a thousand times, right? So yeah. I was already teaching and coaching people in this work, and I um, had met a person who was unavailable. Like he, first of all, was admitted to like, I have a problem with drinking. I'm sober. So like that's a deal breaker for me. Second of all, told me he was a month out of a two year relationship. Third of all, told me he wasn't looking for anything serious. I was, um, did I continue to date that person? You bet I did. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I was still working through that pattern. And so I had to watch myself do it over and over and over again. I needed that lesson <clears throat> one last time mm. to be like, okay, this is, this is, I can't change it. Yeah. There's nothing that I can do that will make this person change because it's not about me. 
It's about him and where he's at and that's fine, but it's not where I'm at and I don't need to be here. So I had to learn it again to take that and move forward. Right. And that was the last time I needed to learn that, but I needed to go through it the like 1000th time to take that learning and be like, I fucking got it. Let's go move on. Right. But that is, that was valuable. Every single time taught me something different and more. And that last time I needed it. So I'm so glad that I took the learning because now I will never have to go through that again. Thank God. So I'm really, I honor that version of me and I honor what I took out of that because Mm -hmm. it made me stronger and I stand here, you know, so much better off because of that. So honor the lessons. That is why we are here. Again, we do not have to be perfect. Mm -hmm. We are looking for progress. Yeah. It's all part of the process. Mm-hmm. Trust the process. <laughs> so I'd love to wrap up here with, can you tell people what is one thing or one way today that they can create a feeling of deservingness and raise their self-worth? Say no when you need to say no. Mm. Yeah. You don't want to, you know, someone invites you to a party and you don't want to go, don't go. You don't have to have a reason to not want to go. You just want to sit on your couch and watch the newest season of Insecure. Do it. Say no and do that. Say no when you need to say no. Mm. Yes. Trust your nose. Understood. Yes. That's the word I'm trying to incorporate into my language because it's been out of my dictionary for a long time. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know your background, but coming from yeah. what you very generally said, yeah. Yeah. You weren't you weren't given the option of no. Great advice. Understood. Say no more to things you want to say no to without an excuse. Exactly. You don't have to justify. Mm, Beautiful. Thank you so much, Amanda. Can you tell people where they can find you? Yeah. Instagram is probably going to be the easiest place. XO Amanda Blair. Um, You can find um, all TBM stuff at 2bmagnetic.com. We are doing a manifestation challenge right now. So that's a great time to learn and like jump in and learn this process. We're also having a sale coming up. So check out the pathway. Um, and you can also find my sessions on there. So if you go to to magnetic.com and you do the drop down, menu, you work with a coach. Um, you will find me in there. We also have three other coaches. If I don't resonate, they might. So look that up. Um, I also have a website, amandablair.org. Mm, so fun. I love it. I'll link all those in the show notes for people to check Yay. you out. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. You all know that I love everything natural and holistic. That's why I was so excited to partner with Avi Supplements. I've been using Avi Supplements to keep me healthy and strong because a healthy body leads to a healthy mind, resulting in a healthier sex life. Sexual health, mental health, and physical health are all intertwined. They're so important. So using Avi Detox reduces my bloat, leaving me feeling more confident and prepared for sexy time. Avi apple cider vinegar gummies taste delicious and are fun to take every single day. I look forward to taking these. Lastly, Avi Mermaid Multi provides the daily essential nutrients I need every day as a woman. So make the obvious choice today and use discount code Lauren Coletti to get 15% off. That's L-A-U-R-E-N-C-O-L-L-E-T-T-I to get 15% off your purchase at myavi.com.